Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. Of course, we have an amazing, amazing show lined up for you. We have an absolute legend in the game of direct response marketing. We're super excited to get into all manner of things that are going to help you build a profitable, sustainable, long-term business while still making money in the direct response game. Before we get to our esteemed guest and before I introduce him, I see him riding into the studio right now on his noble white steed. Ladies and gentlemen, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, the one, the only, Mr. Dean Holland. There we go. How you doing, James? Great to be here, of course. It is great to be here. How are you, my friend? I am very well. I am very well. In fact, I'm extra well today. Looking forward to this show with uh, with the guests today. Extra well. I don't even know if that's correct grammar, but I guess we'll let it slide. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> it we'll, doesn't. We'll in the category of proper English. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you try and teach me all the time, and then you open up the show with "You're doing extra well." Sounds like Dude, a what, what language? Are, what language like are you that. speaking? So, what language are you speaking? I, I might get some subtitles under you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there he is. He didn't even wait for his introduction. Uh, we've got an amazing guest on the show today. The uh, legend in the direct response marketing game and author of Over Deliver, Mr. Brian Kurtz. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. You know, I had a feeling this was the best podcast ever <laughs> in the world. And now, you know, you've got a guy in the UK, you know, yep. it's, it's big. I mean, I don't, I hope I can handle it. This is big. This is well, big. I, I, uh, I, I think I think you're up for it. Um, okay. I guess we'll see by the time the show is done. Yeah, you'll decide. You'll decide. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, we figured, um, you know, why not just let everybody know right off the bat that we're the best podcast in the world? I, I, I'm i all for it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm on I, I'm on so many podcasts. And so far, this feels like the best ever. So I'm, I'm in. <laughs> there we I'm go. in. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Well, there you, there we go. We can wrap it up. Really, all we were <laughs> looking for today was an endorsement from Brian acknowledging that we're the best podcast and we're good to go now. You're good. You're good. Yeah. So, um, so Brian, we'll, uh, we've got so much that we want to talk about today. We're so, uh, so excited to have you on the show. I'm excited. Um, you have been in the direct response game way longer than most. Um, and, and, you know, I think the interesting thing about the book over deliver is that you're talking about playing the long game yes. in direct response. And I think when most people think about direct response, they think about like, okay, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like I'm in, out. I'm just here to make a quick buck. Can you talk a little bit about, before we even get into everything else, why you frame the book and your message in that way? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, I'm, um, I've been in the business for 40 years. So if, if I'm not in it for the long game, then I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, so the, so the subtitle of the book is, is, you know, uh, build a business for a lifetime playing the long game in direct response marketing. And the reason there's a lot of things in the book that talk about 
you know, there's there's a lot of wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, in every aspect of direct response marketing and in all kinds of marketing and advertising. But what yeah. I did with Overdeliver is I wanted to stress things like, you know, when you do acquisition to cold traffic, you should think about your second order. You know, you mm. should think about the the customer service and fulfillment and the long term of your customer, because basically you know, to me, a product is not a business and a promotion is not a business. It is a way to make some money if you do it right. Yeah. You could have one product, you could blow it out, you could make your millions, you can go to a desert island and you're done. That's one way to do it. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. But I think the entrepreneurs, you know, who really want to be in a, I don't want to, I don't want to get crazy with the mission and the vision and all of that, but you really want to be in something that you're passionate about, that you love to do, that you want to share with the world. Um, even when I, I, I go to speak in, I, I've spoken internationally a lot, which is really a blast. You know, I've been to Hungary, Italy, France, Germany, the Netherlands. And I've spoken in all of those countries. And I always start my, my presentation with three questions. You have a mission or a vision that you want to share with the world. Um, not many people raise their hand. And I'm wondering why they're at a marketing conference. And then I say, how many of you people, you know, would never raise your hand at a marketing conference? And then they all sheepishly go like that. And then the third question is, you know, wouldn't you like to share it with millions as opposed to dozens? Mm -hmm. And to do that, you've got to market yourself. You've got to have a long-term plan and not do it, you know, for quick hits. Now, again, quick hits are not the worst thing in the world, but for me, they are because I really want to stress that, you know, running a business for the long term has a lot to do with lifetime value with keeping customers. I mean, it's always, you guys know, it's always easier um, to keep a customer than to get a new one. Right. And well, you, that's, and that's, and yeah. that's part of the, part of the thing that I want to dig into here is this concept is not necessarily just like, it makes you feel better. There's numbers and, and business data and everything that backs this up, right? Like cost yes. of acquisition just continues to get higher and higher in you know various different channels and the only way that you can recoup that and turn that into something that's profitable is by playing the game that you're talking about it is you know like people who you know when people first people who are ever on facebook and they advertise on facebook and they do a ten dollar offer and because it was so cheap they probably could make enough sales to maybe break even or make a little money you know, now if you have a $10 offer on Facebook, you know, you can, you, you, you're not going to make your money back. Right. So you have to figure out how much can you lose on the first order to make it back at some future time. And that was the whole premise of my work at Boardroom. I spent the first 34 years of my career at Boardroom, the last six on my own completely. I mean, I started when I was nine years old, if you're doing the math, just to, <laughs> just to be clear. But That's the, remarkable. We need to hear that story in just a second. Right, right. So, you know, yeah, how a third a, grader started his own business. I was a direct marketing prodigy. It was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> the but, Doogie you know, Hauser. Exactly. Direct marketing. Doogie Hauser, right. Um, but it was, it was interesting because, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, it, it's, it's so important. I mean, when, when at boardroom, you know, after we were in the business for a long time, we had a bunch of newsletters. We sold a lot of books. There was a lot of cross sell and upsell. There were funnels. We didn't call them that then, but there were funnels back then. And what we found is that the, the, the bulk of the money that was 
in the company was the renewals of Bottom Line Personal, which was our lead newsletter. Now, what does that mean? It means that we got to a newsletter that was really hitting a chord in, in American consumerism, in health and finance and everything uh, uh, personal for the executive. And then we started getting these renewal rates that were off the charts. And we saw all the money, all the cash was in the renewals. And then we got together with our our direct mail consultant at the time, Dick Benson, who was like the smartest guy I ever met in direct mail. This was before the Internet, I have to admit. And he was before the Internet. But he was a brilliant guy. And he said, you got to play your bogey. I said, what do you mean? He said, how much can you lose on that first order to Mm. make it back in six months or a year? And so that was our first bogey was a year long bogey, which meant that if my newsletter was thirty nine dollars, I could lose, say, $7 an order in the first year and make it back on the renewal. That's just the renewal. Then I had books coming at it and I added a lot of other value. Then we accumulated a lot of cash because of that after a few years. And then we went two years out. So I had a two-year bogey. Um, And so by doing that, you don't want to go into negative cash flow. You never want to do that as an entrepreneur. It's crazy to spend money you don't have. But you can do this. And that's why direct marketing is so great because, mm-hmm. you know, you got to believe your numbers. Dick Benson used to tell me that all the time. I have it up on my wall here. You have to believe your numbers. And so you let the numbers guide you and you don't get ahead of yourself. I mean, there was a guy in one of my mastermind groups uh, that basically he, he posted one day and he said, you know, Amex is given this great deal to borrow money at like 3% if you're a platinum holder or whatever. And he said, oh, this will be great. I'll take all this money out. Uh, I'll borrow all this money at 3% and I'll start buying like tons of Facebook media and tons of Instagram media. And I just said, wow, you don't want to do that because why do you want to like spend it and spend it and spend it, not know what the return is and pay an interest on it, even if it's only 3%, Mm -hmm. because you've got to make that media pay. You've got to make, and if it's if it's in six months, if it, if you have to break even on the first order, that's one way to do it. If you have no cash, mm-hmm. if it's six months, if it's a year, whatever it is, you've got to you've got to be so such a slave to your numbers. And the last thing you want to do is borrow money to buy media in direct response marketing. So it was it accentuated what I'm talking about. You've got to be really disciplined. You've got to really, and that's what I mean by looking at looking ahead all the time. And that's how we built Boardroom. I mean, you know, Boardroom was an iconic publisher. It was founded by Marty Edelston. He was the founder and the CEO, and he founded it in 1971. I was I was born, but um, I was in I was in kindergarten. No, I can't even I can't even make that up. Um, <laughs> right, well, so let I me was ask you a question. So yeah. so this whole concept of the bogey, right? Like six month bogey, year bogey, whatever. How how do you test that? in a way that lets you validate those numbers before you add gas to the fire. Right. Cause yeah, that's, that's very that's good. The, question. That's the trick there. Yeah. That's a really good question because if you get ahead of yourself, like we had situations, I have one in the book. I talked about how you sell is how you respond, how they respond. Mm. And so we had two packages. One was like a, a survey package that you fill out this one question survey and you get a subscription combined with it doesn't talk about the newsletter at all. You just get three free issues right away. That package was a big high front end. We got 5% response to that in direct mail. 
mm-hmm. but it only paid up at like 11% or, or 15% because they weren't necessarily mm-hmm. getting what they were expecting. Yeah. Right. The other package we did against that was a 64 page book log, which was like a, um, a digest size promotion piece that would actually sit on the person's nightstand for a, for a week before they, you know, they didn't realize there was a promotion and not right. value <laughs> that, that piece would, 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 would respond at like 2%, but mm. you get like 45 or 50% pay up. So right. we knew if you, if you tested to answer your question, if you tested those two packages together, you would probably look at the survey package and say, that's making a lot more money in year right. one. So you might want to, you might want to not go crazy with it, but yeah. you might want to pyramid a little bit in terms of quantity on the book log 2% with 45% pay. That's pretty good too. Mm-hmm. And so you want to, you're not, you're not sending out all these bad um, issues that people aren't, aren't necessarily going to pay for, but you can, you can sort of like do another pyramid on each of those. But I would say in that situation, this is an extreme. I'm, that's why I'm saying it in that situation. You want to wait a year, right? Before you really put the fire, you, know, you, put, you put gas on the fire. What you want to do, I guess, is you want to put a little bit of, a, a little bit of uh, vinegar on. Uh, does vinegar, uh, is that flammable? What, what's flammable but not as flammable as gas? Dean's so personality. Little, what's that? There we go. Dean's we personality go. is oh, Dean's flammable. Person, yeah, I yeah. thought he was really flammable, but I don't know. Yeah, very flammable. <laughs> sweater might be flammable. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so if you, you know, the idea is, you don't know which is the winner completely. They both yeah. look like they're doing okay. And you can hedge your bet because you could put you could put high, medium, low scenarios in the payup rate and the conversion mm-hmm. rate after mm-hmm. a year and know what where you can how much you can spend without losing money and at least breaking even. And then after a year, you can and it so happened that the book log beat the crap out of it because it was the book log not only got the high payup, but then in the second year when we went out for renewals, mm. they renewed so much higher because wow. they they were they were they were wedded to the product when they got the promotion. They were then getting something that they were expecting because the bookalog kind of talked about the newsletter. It gave away stuff that was in the newsletter. It it was all about the newsletter, and then you had it for a year and you would renew it at a higher yeah. rate. Go yeah. the other way. Get a survey package that started out with, you know, this one question and we gave you six free issues. Then they paid up at 15 percent. Probably, you know, you weren't as wedded to the product. They're piling up on your I call it the uh, the the issues piling up on your file cabinet theory. Yeah, yeah. And they're piling up. I'm not getting to them. It's always about time and money when when, when renewals come up and then your renewal rate is going to be lower as well. So mm-hmm. that. That was a pattern that we saw time and again uh, all throughout my time at Boardroom. And it's taken it's given me, you know, a lot of good tools when I'm dealing with my mastermind groups now, when I'm dealing with, you know, uh, consulting clients. I don't do a lot of one on one consulting, but I do some. And it, it's, it's just a it's kind of like a, a golden rule of thumb, not just the bogey, but just, you know, how people respond is how they're gonna how they respond is how they perform over time how they perform on other products so i mean my whole life because i've been in it for so long is not trying to convince people to do direct mail to do everything that i did that's 
that would be a fool's errand. I mean, I've got to think about the internet. I got to think about yeah. email. Email's the, the killer app. It still is. But I think that taking those tried and true golden eternal truths from the past, I become a bridge because I've been mm. here long enough. Mm. I mean, I'm just alive. I mean, you know, I've been in business 40 <laughs> years. I'm 62 years old. I, I, I lied about the ninth grade thing. So I so don't have to go into that. So I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm living proof of something of an era gone by. Right. I, mean, I remember the horse and buggy and now, you know, we've got cars. And so I, I want to approach everything that I've learned. And that's why chapter two of my book is, you know, the importance of original source. You got to know where babies came from. Yeah. It's important. It's not, it's not that I'm lecturing. It's not that I think we did it better than we didn't, but we have some eternal truths that all can get applied to everything we do. You look at click funnels, you look at, at the, um, at, at Ryan Levesque's, you know, quiz funnels. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a list segmentation that I did, you know, in the seventies and eighties, I didn't invent, I mean, Ryan's a genius, he's a good yeah. friend. And he has put that on steroids with the, the kind of list segmentation you can do in real time. But it, it, the origins of it were a long time ago. Most things, you know, I didn't invent anything. I don't well, know if I you think guys did. I, I feel like I, that's know, a really, apply. a really interesting point that you're making is that there's these principles, yeah. right? The principles have been around for a long time, but it's the application of those principles with some of the newer technologies and the different things that could potentially like get them done faster, cheaper, more efficiently or whatever. Yes. And you said something that I, I want to drill into. You said email is a killer app. Meanwhile, and, and I, I agree with you. I think there's so much value in a list. But there's so many people out there like, oh, email's dead. Like, don't think about, about it, blah, say, blah, blah. I thought email was old now. I thought it was done. I thought if, I, if I believe everything I read, email's dead, right? I know, right? So can you, can you drill into that? Yeah. When you say email's a killer app, what, is, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I was on a call with, uh, with uh, Joe Polish and Dean Jackson. I love marketing guys. And, and, and Dean, this is Dean's theory too, that – Email, I mean, everybody who says email's dead, open rates are down, um, you know, it's, it, it, you know, the, actually, they, in that theory, you'd say direct mail is the killer app because the right. least crowded inbox is the one right. at the end of your yes. driveway, right? Yeah, totally. But, yeah. but, you know, the idea of having crowded inboxes is not the issue with email. Email is, you know, the, and the reason why chapter three of my book is how paying postage made me a better marketer. And mm-hmm. it's not saying that I'm, I'm endorsing direct mail over anything. I'm saying it's, 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 it's still, it's still a, a medium that should be used mm-hmm. intelligently and with a lot, of, a lot of care and concern. But I would say that the reason why paying postage made me a better marketer is that I, the discipline that it takes to pay for postage and printing and putting, getting the best creative and putting it out in the mail, we could couldn't make the mistakes that you can make in email. So right. I'll, I'll get to, I'll get to your question in a minute because I, I didn't get to it yet, but I want to, I want to preface it with that. So that's the premise that I'm working on. So then the email, if you're going to not take the same discipline when you hit send on an email, then, then you're not going to, your email's not going to work mm. the same way as direct mail used to work. It's not going to work the way good email works today because you're not, respecting the audience, the list, everybody, you know, I call it my online family. It's the list that you Love go that. out to and you're, you're, you're putting, 
you're you're putting out stuff and you say, well, I put this offer out. It didn't work. Doesn't matter. I'll just go out with another offer next week. You don't know how much it didn't work because it's going to affect open rates. It's going to affect unsubscribes. It's going to. And that's when people say, oh, email's dead for me. Mm. So when, when I say email is the killer app, I mean, not to do it the way I do it, because my way doesn't sell enough, probably. But I do a weekly blog. This is the way I do email. I do a weekly blog. I never take an affiliate offer. Not to say that's right. You know, you want to make more money on your list, you can take affiliate offers. I don't take affiliate offers. I basically give them content, stories, whatever. In the PS, I might sell some educational materials, some books, things that are related to what I'm doing. And I'm not a nonprofit. I'm trying to sell too. But basically, it's the concept of fishing without bait. Because most people will go out to their list. They've got a, a, a rod and a hook with tasty bait. The fish are in the water. They pull them in. They put them in the boat. And then they get them in a funnel. And they sell. And that could work. I mean, you used to work with click funnels. It works. It's, it's a good way to do it. So many people, though, are putting out shitty bait yeah. and a shitty hook. Yeah. And they're getting them in. And then they can't do anything with them. They can't move them through a funnel. And that's when they say email is dead. What I do is fishing without bait means that you're, I'm shining a spotlight over the lake on a regular basis with right. content. With, and basically what I'm saying is, and this, was, this is Dean's words, Dean says, look, you're, when, when you're ready, I'll be there. I'll mm-hmm. be there for you. I have yeah. all this stuff. He has the uh, super signature on his email. Yeah, like the four PS. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I do one or two PSs, and I, but everything is in the PS. So basically I'm saying when you're ready, Mm. I'm here when you want to buy something or work with me or, you know, be in my mastermind, I'm here. I'm not pressuring you. I'm Joe Polish calls me the director of sales prevention. It's not that bad, (laughs) Um, but, but it's a, it's a different approach. So I think it, it doesn't have to be my approach. I'm not saying my approach is the best. It's not, I leave a lot of money on the table, but I'm not interested in money that much at this point. I'm interested in the impact I can make, the people I can uh, attract, the people that buy my book, which I don't make money on, but I want them to have my book because I'm, I'm kind of spreading the, the gospel. And the thing is, when I'm spreading my gospel, I get their gospel because I'm a teacher and a student at the same time. Mm. I'll, be, I'll mm. be that for the rest of my life. I mean, I've been in it 40 years. I'm in mass. I spent $150,000 a year on other people's masterminds yeah. that I'm yeah. in that I learn all the things that I need to learn and bring it back to my masterminds and the things I need to learn for product projects I'm doing myself. So I, it's a bit, it's a, it's a, it was a longer answer than you expected. I'm sure. But I don't know if I got to it, but I think, yeah, I well, yeah. I, I think the, uh, I think the heart of the matter, I love what you said about treating them as your online family. Yeah. I think that's a real critical piece because lists a lot of people, people too. lists are people too. Well, that's it. Right. People are like, Oh man, I just like, Oh, it's a list and it's a nut. And I've got, you know, 10,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand. It's like, well, but those are, that's a collection of people and they're there for a reason. And you get the opportunity to build that relationship. We've been talking, Dean and I have been talking about email quite a bit over the last several weeks um, for, for this particular reason, because it's one of the biggest assets that most people have in their business and it don't is. really tap into or, or take the actions to cause it to appreciate. Yes, right. absolutely. 
And, well, I, and- I, I think I, one of the things I, I think you've hit the nail on the head with what you said, Brian, in terms of like your history, your past in the sense of having to pay for those mailings. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll tell you a, a quick comparison of something that happened to me. So we were uh, we were doing quite a lot of heavy email marketing using Infusionsoft uh, some years ago. And we exceeded the, the monthly package of whatever the, the, the sending limits are. And we used to have to then pay per email address that we're emailing. Right. And I absolutely approached that differently than when I was emailing out previously before I hit the quota. Like, absolutely, yeah, I, it made a difference. Yeah, I, I think there's something in my book. There was an urban legend um, a while ago, um, probably, I don't know if it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it was something about that, that uh, marketers are going to have to start paying for email that mm. there's going to be a postage for email. I mean, <laughs> right. it was, it was bullshit. It wasn't really right. happening, <laughs> but I remember being pretty excited about that. Yeah. Because, yeah. because if you had to pay for every email, a postage, you yeah. would take a, you would not be as, as flippant with how you sent out your email. And yeah. so it was, a, and, and so, I mean, of course you could go to the next level. At some point I, I had the same thing with Infusionsoft. So you know, I, I'm paying like a lot more now yeah, and my insane. limit is not, but now if I, if I do a launch or something and I, and I, and I mail the list, you know, four times in one week, you know, I have to, I have to pay for individual, but I've always had that philosophy. Right. And that, yeah. and, and so, cause I, again, I'm old and I did direct mail. So that's how postage made me a better marketer. But it's interesting that, you know, when you go out um, with, you know, if, if you, if you took the discipline to every email you send, you would just do so much better on your emails. It's just, um, it's just so much better. And the other thing is, I was going to mention this. The reason why you were talking about like just putting 50,000 names on your list by scraping Facebook or just like mm-hmm. adding names. That's, that's not my game either because right. what I do is I, but by the way, I never turn down a podcast. I mean, don't, don't, I mean, I, I know that sounds Terrible right, I thought I thought we were like the only one. The what only the hell one, is going right, on right, right now? This was exactly. a world exclusive in forty years of business. Yeah, well, I, he did. I, I I don't know if he said that every other podcast is the best one. So at least we still have that going for we, us. You got he, that for today for sure. Okay, for today yes. at least. <laughs> for the day at least. But when I when I go out, you know, it's it's like to me, uh, if 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 you if you listen to the if anybody's listening to this, and I'm sure a lot of people are, if it's the best podcast ever in the world. We have at least two listeners. We might even have three today. I don't know for sure. That's great. I'm psyched. So if they're listening and they are um, interested in what we're talking about, and then I'll give out my website. I'll tell you where you can buy my book. You can get on my list, whatever. Then know that all I'm going to do is fish without bait with you. Right. Because I'm not going to do hard sell. I'm not going to do any of that. And what's interesting is that those are the best names because they are right. They're coming from this. They're going to my site. They're either buying a book or they're just going to opt in, but they have to opt in for another hour and 20 minute interview I did with Perry Marshall. And if they ever listen to that and they're not sick of me yet, <laughs> how much better a name or a online family member can I get? Yeah. And in yeah. fact, I even send them uh, an email after they sign up and I said, welcome to my online family. You know, mm-hmm. you can unsubscribe anytime. I don't do affiliates. I'm going to, you know, give you good value. I've got tons of free content on my site. If you ever want to buy an educational product, feel free. If you don't, I'm not going to kick you off. You got to open within six months. But, you know, if you open my emails mm-hmm. and, you know, I- I'm not bragging here, but it's interesting. 
by doing it this way, and I'm not saying I, I do the most sales by any means, by, you know, there are people that make a lot more money on their list. And my list isn't that big. It's about, I don't know, 8,000 or so. But I get between every every week in my blog, between I, I mail it twice. I mail it on Sunday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time. And then I mail it on Friday, the following Friday, just same email with a different subject line to the people who didn't open on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right. And those two emails get me somewhere between 45 and 50% open. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I, well, think, I think that's well, a good I number. Think, I think- I think like one of the great things there, because one of the things I see, and, and I've, I've been guilty of this in all honesty, is that a lot of way that you know, I used to and other people do collect leads is, is very um, almost blind. Like a lot of times people have these pages and they're opting in because there's this exciting, enticing, curious hook, but they don't know who they're actually opting into. There's no, there's no like, oh, this is Brian. Yeah, I'd love to hear from Brian. Whereas here, right. if somebody listens, like you say, I think, so I think it's the frame, isn't it, that we're demonstrating? It is, like, it is. How people and got so, on the list. Exactly. So a podcast, they're going to know because they right. went on and I told them. But if they buy Breakthrough Advertising from me, which is Gene Schwartz's classic book, which I have the rights to, and, and so if they buy that, they go on my list. And it says in the, in, on, the, on the sales page, you'll be, you not only get the book, but you get my free weekly blog. Um, if they buy... Um, any of my swipe files, they go, they go on my list. If they join, obviously if they join my mastermind, they're on my list. So, right. you know, they know why they're going on. That's a really important point as yeah. opposed to just buying something from a nondescript person yeah. who you don't know that now you're on their list. I have, I'm on a bunch of lists like that. And I don't, I wonder how I got on it. Right. And I, sometimes I, I like it cause I want to see what they're doing. I want to see, and then I figure out what I might have done to get on the list. Um, it's a little spammy. You know, mine's very upfront with a double opt-in. But, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. But you can do that if you, if you could do that elegantly. I mean, you could have – and if you do it elegantly and you – again, you do a welcome series. You do a welcome email with a welcome series and, you know, basically tell them what's going on here. Um, right. That makes a lot of difference for the lo- but again, it's all it's all the long game. It's right. all I'm not looking to make a sale today. I did That's a blog right. post a couple of weeks ago that was about I said three. It was uh, three uh, commodities in search of a specialty, and I talked about used car salesmen, uh, personal injury attorneys, and um, uh, what was the third one? I guess it was dentists, and in each one. I talked about different ways that those three commodities, I mean, they're really commodities, a used car salesman, mm-hmm. a dentist, and a, um, a, a personal injury attorney. And in each one, I came up with a way that you could be a specialty in those markets. And that's, you know, that's what it's all about. I mean, you've got you've to differentiate yourself. I mean, you guys are differentiated. You do this live, you do it, you know, you, you, you move it around, you you know, you've got the two of you. I mean, you know, not many, most podcasts are a single interviewer. Mm-hmm. You want to differentiate yourself. You have just the tips. Whatever you need to do to differentiate your podcast from everybody else's is important. I remember when I was launching my mastermind groups, I didn't have a thing. Like, you know, Russell Brunson has ClickFunnels. Jeff Walker has PLF. Mm-hmm. Ryan Levesque has his, you know, ask quiz funnels. I didn't have a thing. But I, I knew that I had something to offer and I figured out I worked into my thing, which was multi-channel marketing and also um, 
I'm sort of, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not as connected in the world as say a guy like Joe Polish, but I'm fairly connected in the direct marketing world where I'm one phone call or two phone calls away from just about anybody in direct marketing. And those two things combined gave my mastermind members a good rounded view Mm -hmm. of what kind of mastermind I had, even though I didn't have a thing. And I I, I wondered if I was going to be successful at the mastermind game without having a thing, but I really looked hard for that, that specialty out of, out of, you know, that, that, specialty from the commodity. Well, I think part of maybe if, uh, tell me if you think I'm wrong, but I think part of your specialty actually is the understanding of the broad view of marketing as well in that, you know, it's not just about, you know, an ad and it's not just about one particular piece and it's not just about the numbers. It's about all of the things and how they all fit together and combine to create a powerful result. And yeah, I think, I mean, you're right, but I felt that some, if I, if I described it like that, it sounds like, you know, it's, it sounds like when, you know, when people say they're a consultant, they're usually unemployed. So, you know, (laughs) I felt like it was a little, it was a little like uh, loosey goosey. So it is that, I mean, that, that is part of it, but I think what I, I think I adjusted it just a little bit with the multi-channel piece because not Mm. most people are either, you know, they're just, even if they're just online marketing, I'm offline and online. I've done yeah. a ton. I mean, not just direct mail, but TV, radio, telemarketing, um, package inserts, uh, print and space. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty skilled in all of those areas. So the multi-channel seemed to be good. But then also, I think that another, another thing that came out in my, in my meetings of why, why I have something to offer I'm trying to justify my existence here, but you know, it's, uh, it, I guess it's, it's, uh, it's that I'm really good at, if I, if I know what the watt is, like what the watt is, if I know direct mail, if I know email, if I know the Watts, I can teach it or get a speaker to speak on it as well. If I don't know what the watt is, I can get a speaker, the best speaker. Like, you know, if I want to do something on LinkedIn, I know who the best people on LinkedIn is because I've done some research. If I want to do a, uh, uh, a session for my mastermind on Amazon, I'm not an Amazon expert, but I know, I know the guy who's like the number one Amazon expert. If I want to do webinar to high ticket sales, I know the guy who's the best guy at that. So I bring all the watts in. Right. I know the who. So I bring all the who's in. So I'm the what and the who guy. And then the how is up to them because I'm not, I'm not a right. done for you mastermind by any means. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically retired. I mean, retired in a different sense. Of, yeah. Hey, let me, retired. so let me ask you, yeah. let me, let me shift gears here a second. Let me ask you this. What, if, if you had to say for your average person who's engaged in marketing, right? We all know that in order to grow a business at some point, you either have to bring in the right people who understand marketing, or you have to become a student of it yourself, right? You can't grow a business without having new customers come in the door and nurturing those relationships. Right. What, what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes and pitfalls most people make in their marketing journey when trying to grow their company? Yeah, I have something I think in the, in the opening chapter or in the introduction of my book, which I think is like, I think I, I'm not gonna be able to list them all. I could probably look them up and give them to you. But the, it was like nine things 
that every entrepreneur needs to know about marketing. So I heard in your question that you might not, if you're an entrepreneur and you started a business and you don't know a lot about marketing, but marketing isn't everything. It's the only thing. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to reach, you know, if you're going to try to reach a bigger audience, if you're, mm -hmm. I mean, you shouldn't be embarrassed to market your product or service. You should be yeah. proud to market or uh, to market right. it. So, you know, the, the, so the nine things, like one of them is, um, um, uh, well, one of them is single channel marketing is so boring.com, which is a, <laughs> which is a, which is a, um, uh, it, it's a, it's a website that I know that I, that I, that I, that I own. And if you go to that, if you put that in, it'll go to my homepage, which is right. brianfritz.net. So single channel marketing is so boring.com. I have be involved in all of your marketing efforts, even if you outsource everything. So the, the mm -hmm. entrepreneur that doesn't really pay attention to his marketing, even though he's not doing it, is, is, is in for a rude awakening because he's going he's gonna to find a lot of imposters. He, in mm -hmm. fact, in my mastermind group, which mm -hmm. is a high-end mastermind group, it's 25000 a year, the people who sometimes join are the CEOs but they bring a partner mm -hmm. who's the marketing arm because they have to work together because if you just give it off to yeah. somebody, that's like the most important thing in your business. That's the oxygen in your business. Yeah. And so that's really important. You have to understand another thing is marketing is not evil. You know, some people are starting a cause or they're starting a movement, but you can't think about marketing as evil. You got to think about it as a way to present your product or service to an audience that is going to be receptive to it. Um, I would say no one spends enough time on their list. Now, when I say list, I mean people. I yep. mean online family. I mean offline family. You know, when I go into a new client, the first question I would ask them, we, we talk about assessing their assets. What mm -hmm. are your assets? What, you, what do you own? Do you own any lists? Usually they say no. I say, well, do you have an email list of the people on your, in your Gmail account? Yeah. Do you know which ones have done something with you or have bought from you or something? Well, that would be a subsegment of your email list. Mm -hmm. Then are you on Facebook? Do you have a Facebook page? Yeah, I got 5,000 followers. Oh, really? Have you thought about putting those, some of those Facebook people into an email list so you can romance them? I mean, that was, I was on a, on a, a live cast a couple of weeks ago and it was a really good live cast and I had 15 minutes and it was the question, it was one question. What do you use social media for? Mm -hmm. I used, and I, I had a quote, which she quoted me on. She said, I, I said, it was Kim Walsh Phillips. She quoted me on this. She said, I, I said this, I don't remember saying it, but I said it. Um, I use social media to get people on my email list. And then I romance them. Yeah. That was my quote. Yeah. Um, That's good. Another thing about um, how you have to think about marketing, whether you know a lot about it, especially if you don't, is that customers refund transactions, not relationships. Mm. So when you have a transaction, that's important because you're getting money, but then how are you developing that relationship over time? Another thing is credibility and transparency trump all. If you screw up, admit you screwed up. If mm -hmm. you had a customer service, you know, you know, it's funny when, when, when you fess up to your family, as it were, yeah. um, People have, there's a lot of forgiveness, but it's when you, you know, don't 
fess up is when they hold it against you. Well, then and I think so, that's when they, they feel like you're trying to manipulate them or like it's not it, it violates the terms of that family. That's right. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. Exactly right. Yeah. And so, you know, if you can if you can just keep on the even keel of credibility and transparency and that's in your marketing. I mean, that that's what you know, I've had. You know, I, 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 even with my content, when I sent out my blog, I, I did a blog a few years ago and I said, I'm not a copywriter and I'm not really, I don't, I don't write sales letters from the beginning mm-hmm. to the end and put together all kinds of funnels. I don't write that. And somebody, um, somebody wrote in and said uh, to me and said, you know, you're, you're basically, I was full of shit. Cause he said, you know, you are a copywriter. You're, you know, I said I was a copywriter wannabe because I I, lo- I love the copywriters I've worked. I've worked with the best copywriters yeah. of the last 50 years, but I don't I don't see myself as a copywriter. But over the years now, since I got a couple of haters that said you are a copywriter, everything you do in your blog is copywriting. I said, yeah, you know what? I do write copy and I do write copy as a means to an end. The end, my end is not obvious all the time. Because I'm not selling, selling, selling. Yeah. But there is a means to an end. And, you know, one of the things is that another thing that's also important, another item, was always think direct marketing, measurability. Um, You know, if you're the CEO and you don't know a lot about marketing, you've got people doing marketing for you, get deliverables from them. Get what they're going to do for the money you pay them. It sounds simple. Yeah. But I know a lot of entrepreneurs that say, Oh, this guy will be good. He'll do my Facebook advertising. I'll give him a ten thousand dollar budget. Go ahead, go off and do it. No, you got to you got to know what he's doing, what yeah. she's doing. Um, well, you said something earlier. You said that you have to demand, be demanding of your media, right? Absolutely. And I think I think you're kind of getting at the same thing here. It's like whatever investment you're going to make into the marketing, whether that's hiring somebody or paying for media or anything in between, you've got to be demanding and expecting to be able to measure a return on that. Right. Absolutely. Really good. Point. Um, Dean, I know you, uh, I know, I know Dean had some, some things he wanted to chat about okay. related to direct mail specifically. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was going to, I said to James um, prior, prior to us actually coming onto the, onto the live call. I, I don't know if it's an insult to you these days, Brian, but I, I always, you know, in, in some of the stuff I followed of yours, I, I, I immediately would always jump to like, oh, he's a direct mail guy. And I know right, obviously right, that's, yeah. that's changed over the years. And I think you obviously the multi-channel approach now. Um, but just, just on more of a selfish point, I mean, I'm somebody in my business, you know, we don't have many channels going on. We have, you know, we do a lot of Facebook advertising. Uh, we have our email list. And that's really probably all we're really doing. Except one of the things that I've always done is I have always collected addresses. So I'm sacrificing conversion on the front end to collect these things, but I've never done anything with them. And I think if, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to just like hear from you, like for somebody like myself that wants to bring in a new channel and they've got the, they've got the assets to do it. Where, where would, where would I begin? Like I've never done any direct mail. What, what would be, can you give any advice on like a starting point for someone in that yeah, position to I mean, open up this channel? Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you know, I don't like to be pigeonholed as the direct mail guy. Right. But but direct <laughs> mail has served me very, very well. Um, it's still a viable channel. I've talked a lot about when everybody's right, it's time to go left. And so using direct mail on the back end of an online business is a great thing to do. Mm. Um, 
I, I, in my book, I talked about O to O to O, online to offline to online, right. toggle between the two, meet the customer where they want to be met. If you have an older audience, you have a great opportunity for using direct mail. As far as, I mean, and, and another thing is, I mean, advertising opportunities when I started in the 80s and 90s were kind of finite. I already mentioned almost all of them. Direct right. mail, print, radio, TV, package inserts, maybe a few more things, you know, uh, uh, newspaper ads, stuff like that. So it was finite, right? And mm. you could go to a, you know, you knew where to go. You know, you know, the guy who did space, you know, the guy who did broadcast, you know, the guy who did direct mail. Now, advertising opportunities are infinite. And mm. so if you say, you know, and it's funny, you said I do Facebook and email and nothing else and I want to do direct mail. It might be a good way to go. But I would suggest to you, and then I'll talk about direct mail specifically, yeah. is that I learned this from Perry Marshall. He has a thing that he calls Maze 2.0, M-A-Z-E mm-hmm. 2.0. And what it is, is it, you take two perpendicular lines. Uh, that's perpendicular, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. not parallel. Perpendicular <laughs> lines, creating four boxes, right? And then you put something on each of the axes. axes. So uh, up here is, I, 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 I don't do it exactly like he does it, but on one axis is online, offline, and the other axis is live and recorded. Mm. This podcast is 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 live and um, online. That would be in that box. Um, if it was just a recording, it would be recorded and online. Mm. Direct mail is um, recorded or printed, recorded and offline. So if you took all the possible, and, and, and Perry did this, it's amazing. He took thousands, I mean, it's, maybe not thousands, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating. There, there are hundreds of different media you could use from, you know, from email to the back of yogurt lids, you know, it's like everything, right? right? And, right. you know, it's billboards, it's everything. And you can plot them on those four, in those four areas. And then what you should decide first, and I'll, then I'll talk about direct mail is you could decide on one item in each of those quadrants, that would be a really good way to look at your media mix because you could do that and it'll look like you're everywhere, even though you're not everywhere. Mm-hmm. As opposed to you're in Facebook and email, um, Facebook, you're in Facebook Live too, but you're basically if Facebook and email, you're both in um, uh, uh, online and recorded. Right. So they're both in the yeah. same box. And so is Instagram and so is SEO and all of that. So you don't want to, you could be in a bunch of them in that one because you're good at it, but Mm. then you want to try to expand into some of these others. So let's say you want to expand into direct mail and, and owning those, those uh, postal addresses is, is gold, by the way, it is gold. Depends what you do with them. I would think that the first thing you want to do is do an RFM on your current email list. So you probably have an email list of people who have bought from you. Yes. Okay. So you want to take a look at those names. You could, I don't know. How big is it? Uh, We've got about 18,000 customers. Okay. So if you have 18,000 customers, I, I, you can, you can do this. I wouldn't recommend doing it by hand, but you could do a recency frequency monetary analysis. And RFM is not a direct marketing term as much as it is a human behavior term Mm -hmm. of how people buy and how they behave in the marketplace. So you do, you try to get a sense, if you have data on all of them, and it sounds like you do because you're in Fusionsoft, 
Yes. So you could get a report that says how many people have bought from me in the last three months, six months, 12 months. Then on top of that, you say how many people have bought in the last three months who also bought previously. Then you've got a frequency thing. And then you can also say the total dollars spent. And if you overlay that data and get the best names, get your VIPs out of there, that's your list for direct mail. I see. Now, if what they bought already, let's say, let's uh, have they bought a course or something like that? Uh, a minimum of a book, let's say, a each book. of those eight names. And an ebook or, or a physical a book? A physical book. Okay, that's good. So they've already bought a physical book. You know, if you want to sell uh, something that is physical product again to those VIPs or um, even a mastermind or something like that. I mean, those are your best customers. The people right. who have bought recently, frequently, and have spent the most money with you are right. your best customers. And that's where you want to test if you're going to test direct mail. Okay. And so you don't, and you don't look up, you're not looking for cold traffic in direct mail yet, meaning outside oh. lists. You got to make something work to your house file. Right. And your house file is what I just told you. And okay. then doing an RFM select would be the first, the first thing. Now, that's your list. Your best, your best, I don't know how many names that'll be, 500, 1,000, maybe 2,000 names. And you decide the criteria. That's up to you. Sure. Then you got to come up with an offer. And that's up to you and deciding from yourself, do I want to sell another book? Do I want to sell a course? Do I want to sell a class about the book and how to use it? Whatever. That's, right. You dream that. You dream sure. the offer, right? Yeah. And you dream the bonuses and you dream everything. And if you feel like that offer is going to be um, um, a physical product, then it's better for direct mail. If it's going to be a digital product, it's better for email. Um, I wouldn't necessarily start in direct mail with a digital product. You know, you're basically telling people to go from a direct mail piece to online to get it. I would much rather say you're in direct mail, you're going to buy the physical product, and maybe we'll give you the digital version included. Right. Much better way to do it. So you want to think about physical product and direct mail in the same breath. Then when you have all that done, then you got to go to the creative. And yeah. you've got to come up with the right format. It's not a double postcard. It's probably, it could be a Magalog, which is a 24-page. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Obviously, as I'm talking about this, not the list work, not the offer work, but the product, developing the product, and then the, the creative is where you're going to spend your money. Right. Because that's where a great copywriter could cost you anywhere from fifteen to $30,000. Right. And you have to know where to go. And I mean, I could help with all that if I was consulting with you. But that's the, that's the procedure that you want to take to really right. test the medium. And you can test it. For, I mean, I had, a, I had a client who was an online digital product that they sold in launches and they sold in the tens of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. Wow. And they wanted to do, they wanted to try direct mail. So what we did was we converted all of, they had it, but we converted all of their digital product into physical product. So it was like, it was DVDs. It mm. was, you know, and the DVDs oh, are not out of, out of, you know, maybe a USB drive mm. with some books of testimonials, not testimonials, books, transcripts of, of the movie that they have, everything. And we developed a package for them. We tested it in direct mail. I hired, you know, two great direct mail copywriters. They did a book-a-log, which is like a 64-page thing. 
which I talked about before. Yeah. And I'll tell you, we were, it was a proof of concept of direct mail. And it wasn't their house list either because their house lists were all digital buyers. We had to go to a list of, of and there were a lot of lists because it was a health product. So there were a lot of health book buyers who bought through direct mail. So we yeah. got a, a whole program for them and we proved it. We proved they got lists that were doing 5% front end with you know 60% pay up. They had one list that was 9% front end with an 80% pay up because you can do <laughs> credit incredible. screens in direct mail. But you know what? It, for them, it, they didn't roll out with it because it didn't scale like their digital products right. and they didn't have the patience for it. But yeah. it was good because I proved it out and I was able to show that you could take an online digital product and do direct mail for it. But right. then after the 30,000 that they, that they, um, that they work, that they used to do that, do that, do that pilot, which was only 30,000 names, I think, right. um, to go out to a million names would have been, you know, a good investment of six figures sure. and they weren't ready. They didn't want to do it, even though they had the six figures, they just, you know, they got cold feet, but right. it was really good. Is that well, enough on direct mail? Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's Thank probably it, it's probably not, but we're uh, we're going to be running out of time here, oh, and yeah. I, I don't even know if somebody's going to start playing some music for us again, or <laughs> or, or what's going to happen. But oh, before, I, I get carried away when I talk about this stuff. I no, just, I, like I if we could Martin. hang out with you for a while longer, we would no doubt do that. Before we do wind up, uh, you know, wrapping up the show. Obviously, people can go on Amazon. Find a copy of Overdeliver, Brian Kurtz, K-U-R-T-Z. Where else can they go to find out more information about you, Brian? Yeah, if, if they buy, if they want to buy Overdeliver, don't buy it directly on Amazon. Go to overdeliverbook.com. Oh, there we go. go what do they get there? Yeah, that, that, that page is, has incredible benefits, thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Some of the stuff's priceless. It's, it's books that are out of print, PDFs of books, and Jay Abraham making 19 keynote speeches, and Jay Abraham wrote the the forward of my book. Awesome. So go to over. I think I need to go and rebuy this. I got it off That's Amazon. Right. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> just gonna keep this one on the shelf and give it to a friend. And I'm gonna go and get these bonuses. Yeah, go rebuy to somebody it. who calls you a mentor and pay it forward. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Per- so overdeliverbook.com. Right, and go there, and then you'll see some buttons to go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Buy it on Amazon. It's seventeen dollars. Go back to the site, put in your order number, and then you get access to all of that stuff for free. And so that's the way to get on my list and get to, you know, get and get my stuff and all that. Now, if you're too cheap to pay $17 to do to get thousands of dollars <laughs> worth of stuff, that's my director of sales prevention stuff. Um, right. Go to BrianKurtz.net, www.briankurtz.net. And uh, you go there, you opt in. Um, you, the, the site has you'll, you'll get another interview with me and Perry Marshall talking about the three biggest successes of my career. And then um, you'll get access to the whole site. Uh, you'll, there's uh, a lot of free content, all my blogs going back five years. Um, awesome. A lot of different, like different things. I put blogs together in like a copywriter's toolkit and a, a, a direct mail toolkit. I also, on, on the over-deliver site, there's some amazing stuff in there. There's two classic books on direct mail by Dick Benson and Gordon Grossman full PDFs of their priceless books. And then there's a, a swipe file going back to 1900. So you would say, what do I want to do with a swipe file from 1900? You'll never be at a loss for a, a subject line in your emails. Right. Never be at a loss for, you know, you can, you know, stealing is a felony. Stealing smarts an art. And so you right. can, 
you can steal smart from so many great swipes. And that that's a great, that's a 400 page PDF. Uh, it's called the copywriters toolkit and it that's swipes awesome. from the greatest copywriters ever. So well, yeah, overdeliverbook.com is the best bet. But if you're, if you don't want to spend any money, go to briankurtz.net. There we go. If you don't want to spend the money, you got to be examining your head and finding out why <laughs> you've listened to right. us this entire time. You've had <laughs> millions and millions of dollars worth of advice. You're not going to spend $17. And not mine. You get, you get the advice of all my mentors, which is much better than mine. Cause I'm, I'm on reruns, you know? Well, listen, it's uh it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Brian. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Dean, any uh, any quick parting words before we wrap up today's show? No, no, just to say thank you. I, I I think this is one of those conversations we could stay here all day. So I know you said, Brian, you don't turn down podcasts. So we've got another one in about an hour with you, another <laughs> one tomorrow, another <laughs> one <on> Friday. He's <laughs> like, you, all thank right. Thank you, Dean and James. And, and also that, you know, I know you had to postpone for a personal issue on my part a week ago, and I really appreciate you making the time today and, I really enjoyed it. I hope I didn't get too much diarrhea of the mouth, but once I start going on this stuff, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you can't yeah, this, shut me this, up. this is exceptional. Um, and a real treat for us. And I'm sure all the listeners that we've had on the show here today. So for those of you guys who want to find out more information, make sure you go to overdeliverbook.com. ridiculous, insane amounts of bonuses, value add everything else you can get your hands on there. Um, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Make sure you continue to listen to us every Tuesday at 1 o'clock Eastern on Just the Tips. And for a backlog of episodes, go to justthetipsshow.com. This is James P. Friel signing off. For me and my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.